Welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a former teacher turned entrepreneur here to help you navigate the messiness of mom life and biz life. Each week, my guests and I will share our experiences, insights, and tips to help you move your business from survival mode to success mode. So grab your favorite drink and let's dive in because this girl means business. Hey there, and welcome to episode 166 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Today, we're diving back into the world of sales and talking about how to create the selling staircase with our guest, Nikki Rausch. Nikki is the CEO of Sales Maven and has the unique ability to transform the misunderstood process of selling. With 25 years of selling experience, entrepreneurs and small business owners now hire Nikki to show them how to sell successfully and authentically. Nikki has written three books, all available on Amazon, and she has a podcast called Sales Maven, which you can find on your favorite podcast platform. So if you're someone who has been struggling with sales or you feel like you know you need to sell more in your business, but you just don't want to be salesy, then this is the perfect episode for you. Nikki is a pro at really breaking down and simplifying the sales process. And honestly, it's just good kind of relational marketing, relationship marketing strategies, but she makes it sound really easy to use easy to implement. It's not something that's going to require you to have a sales background or a ton of knowledge in this area, because ultimately, if you're running a business, you need to know how to make and close sales. So I'm excited for you to get to know Nikki, hear about her selling staircase strategy, make sure you have notes ready to take, or you can jot some things down on your phone because you're going to want to remember them. And don't forget to check out the show notes for all of her links um, that she has available for y'all today. So Let's get started with our conversation today with Nikki Rausch. All right, guys, welcome Nikki to the Girl Means Business podcast. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. I mean, talking about sales is always exciting and fun. Um, But before we jump into all of that, tell a little bit, tell everybody a little bit about who you are what you do and kind of how you got into what you're doing now. So I am the CEO of my company, Sales Maven, and I now do training and coaching on the sales conversation, how to be more strategic in your sales conversation. So I work with clients in a a variety of different ways. I do private one-on-one coaching with people. I have masterclasses that I teach usually one a quarter on a deep dive into a specific sales topic. And then I have a membership slash group coaching program. So that's how I work with people. And how I got here is I have been in sales for 25 plus years. I sold primarily in the technology space. So at that time, I was one of those traveling road warriors, you know, somebody who was taking 120 flights a year and, you know, working a large territory covering at times half of the United States. Um, and selling technology kind of, you know, in, in all different spaces and closing big multi-million dollar deals. And while I was doing that, while I was this traveling sales rep, I got really interested in how to kind of hone my skills and how to really get better at what I was doing. And during that time, I started studying neuro-linguistic programming. Oh, wow. If that's a new term, it's essentially the study of communication. So the way we process information in our brains, that's the neuro piece. 
the linguistics piece is the language. So how you speak to others, how they speak to you, and also any internal dialogue you've got going on. And then the programming part of neuro-linguistic programming is about habits and patterns. And so when I decided to start my company in 2013, Sales Maven, it was really with this idea that I would combine my sales experience and the success that I had there with my background in neuro-linguistic programming and really focus on the actual conversation of sales. Because I find that a lot of people can... you know, It's like you can get as many leads in the door as you want, but if you don't know how to take that lead and convert it to a sale because you're uncomfortable with the sales conversation, that's, you know, it's like you're kind of flushing money down the toilet, all the money you spent on marketing. So that's what I do now. And I love it. Um, I love the concept of sales. And I love that I truly, truly believe that sales isn't something that you do to people. It's something you do with. And so I teach this relationship first rapport always approach to sales. I love that. Okay. I think it's so interesting that you went off, obviously like kind of on your own accord and was like, I want to learn this aspect of what I do. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause I'm coming from teaching background. Like I'm a lifelong learner. I love all like learning new things. That's why I think I started this podcast in the first place was so selfishly, I could talk to experts and be like, give me all of your information, yeah. <laughs> all the knowledge, <laughs> fill me up with knowledge. Um, so I think that's really cool that you were like, I want to learn this side of it and use it and really like hone my skills. Um, I think it's interesting t- for me. What I love is kind of the psychology behind sales of like, mm-hmm. why do people do the things they do? Why do they buy the things? It kind of ties into the same thing of like the language of it. You know, it all kind of comes down to those conversations. Um, so I'm excited to, to really kind of dive into talking about sales, because I know this is a really intimidating um, area of business for a lot of people. I see it all the time on Facebook posts and groups that I'm in. People will say like, how do I do this without being salesy? Yeah, You know? And so I don't like the term salesy because I feel like that has kind of a negative. I mean, it's it's become this sort of sleazy thing. and, And I don't think it needs to be sleazy thing. So um, I'm curious to know kind of what is your thought process around helping people, even just starting out kind of getting over that fear of, you know, sales and starting the conversation, much less like getting into the conversation. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to what I said is that when you start approaching sales as that you're not trying to do something to somebody, you're not trying to get something from somebody, you're not trying to make them do something, you're not trying to convince anybody to buy from you. When you can set aside any of that kind of negative thinking, because that feels manipulative, that feels kind of gross, frankly. And so when you start realizing, oh, I can have a real conversation like a real person. I can care about the people I'm in conversation with. And my job isn't to convince anybody. My job is really to understand the person that I'm talking to. Do they have a potential want, need, problem? And do I have a solution for them? And if so can I put it in a way, can I position it in a way that makes it really easy for them to make a decision to work with me or not? So it isn't about trying to force anybody. It's not about shaming anybody to buying from you. Instead, it's like, and I teach this, that it's about issuing invitations. Because if you think about an invitation, it takes the like pressure off. Like We all get invited to things all the time, right? 
But when we get an invitation, we hold the power. We get to decide, do I want to participate in this event or do I want to go to this party? Do I want to... So when you start looking at your job as sales is to issue invitations, your job is to not decide for anybody. Your job is to make it easy to put a decision in front of them and allow for them to choose. And now it takes the pressure off and you stop worrying about what are they thinking about me? Are they, you know, do they think I'm being pushy? Do they think I'm being too aggressive? You know, should I have said this? Should I have said that? Like it takes all that pressure off because now you're just focused on the other person and making it easy for them. And gosh, the conversation gets simple. The other person is happy to have had the conversation with you, even if they decline your offer or more than likely, if you make it easy for them, they're probably going to hire you. You'll be the person they want to work with and you'll be the person they want to work with over and over and over again because every time they're around you, they can tell it's relationship first, you build rapport and you just make it easy. Yeah, I like, I really like the idea of like that invitation piece. Cause I think about when you were talking, I had kind of this visual in my head of like, yeah, when you send out an invitation to an event you're having or a birthday party or whatever, you don't necessarily get offended if somebody's like, oh, we can't make that. We have other plans or, oh, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not available or whatever. You don't get offended by that. You don't take Mm-mm. it personally. You know? No. But yet for some reason, when it comes to our business, we take everything personally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I like that that kind of helps take that personal aspect out of it a little bit. The other way that I approach that too, because I think a lot of times one of the things that holds us back from issuing invitations is that like fear of rejection, right? And we think that when somebody declines that they're rejecting us or they're rejecting our business or they're rejecting, you know, the thing that we know is going to help them. And so a lot of times I'll, I'll share this example of, you know, if you go out to a restaurant and you have a really, you know, wonderful meal, it's super satisfying. And when the, you know, waiter comes by or the waitress comes by and says, you know, can I show you the dessert menu? And you say, oh no, I couldn't possibly, like I'm full, but thank you so much. It was a great meal. You know, the waiter or the waitress, they don't go back into the kitchen and go, can you believe that broad? She declined dessert. Like I'm so offended. Like they don't take it personal because you declining dessert doesn't mean they did a bad job or that you didn't enjoy your meal. It just means you're not ready for it right now. Yeah. And that's okay. So that's another kind of idea around when somebody declines your offer, they're not rejecting you. They're not rejecting your business. They might just be full and that's yeah. okay. That's a great like analogy for that. I, th- I think that's, I mean, that's something we can all like relate to. Like, yeah, we've all had that where it's like, oh no, I just, I can't, you know? And like, even if you're like, I want to, it looks amazing. Yeah. I'm so full right now. I can't, or I really shouldn't right now. Like, you know, again, yeah, you don't walk into the back and be like, oh, I can't believe they didn't get dessert. Like, that's a really great way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to kind of talk about the conversation side of sales because mm-hmm. like relationship marketing is one of the things that I, I work with a lot with my clients on. It's one of my favorite things. I think it is, in my opinion, one of the ge- most genuine ways to do business is to build relationships and connections with people. But I think that there is this, um, I don't even know if it's fear or intimidation or just unsureness around like how to even start a conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we all have that, um, those messages we've gotten in our, in our inbox or our DMs where it's like, 
hey, you know, like, hey, girl, wanna, I've got this opportunity or hey, I'm a, I get the ones all the time. It's like, I'm a representative for this company. Let's, we would like to have you as an ambassador. I'm like, this is not the way to approach it. Right. So we've, we've been shown how not to do it. Yeah. And I think that now people are like, now I need to be shown how to do it. And we're not seeing enough examples of how to do it. Mm-hmm. So what are some ways we can start the conversation to get comfortable with talking to people about what we offer. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. I love this question so much. Thank you for asking it because <laughs> I feel the same. You know, I get bombarded with these messages all the time. So when I talk about that sales is something that you do with people, with means having a conversation. And the way conversations happen typically is through questions, right? Like you ask me a question and I, I will give you an answer. And then I might ask you a question back and then you give me an answer. And one of the biggest mistakes that people are making in that kind of initial thing is they're, they're coming at people and they're talking at them. And frankly, we're so sick of being talked at. We get talked at all over social media. We get talked at all through our emails, you know, the news, everything. It's just po- constant. Like people are, you know, it's this bombarding of talking at, talking at, talking at. Well, here's how you make it different. Instead of telling somebody, hey, I have this program. You should totally sign up for it. Like it's going to help you grow your business. If you want to be an influencer, you know, you should be a part of our brand, blah, blah, blah. Well, no. How about if you ask a question? And it doesn't have to be a, you know, again, it's not a bunch of questions. It's a question. If I reached out to you and said, hey, Kendra, have you ever considered being an ambassador for a brand? That actually might start a conversation with you. Yeah. You might take the time to actually respond to me. Now, then, now I get to follow back up based on your answer. So one of the one of the kind of breakdowns in the sales conversation is that people try to skip steps. So I teach something called the selling staircase. There are five steps to it. And the idea is that you don't stand at the bottom of a staircase. You know, let's imagine that there's a staircase in front of you. It's got five steps. You don't stand at the bottom of it and go, I'm just going to hop up to step five, right? Like (laughs) you're probably, unless you have a really strong core, maybe, maybe some people out there can do it. But most of us would be like, I think I'm going to bang my shins along the way. If I try to do that, that feels uncomfortable. So you don't get to just show up in somebody's email. You don't get to just show up in somebody's 
DM or whatever with this, like, I went from step one to step five. I skipped all these steps. And by skipping steps, that's usually where you leave the the receiver of the message feeling either frustrated or sometimes like put out or sometimes, frankly, angry. Like, how dare you? You don't have permission to sell to me. And so this is why I teach this like five-step process to the sales conversation. Now you can, in one conversation, go through all five steps, but as the seller, you don't get to skip steps. Now, if you, Kendra, are the buyer and you show up with me in a conversation and you're like, hey girl, I've heard about you. I listened to your podcast. I want to work with you. I want to do a strategy session. How do I sign up for that? Okay, so you can skip steps. You're the buyer. I'm going to go right to where you are. I'm going to say, you know, at that point, we're kind of in step four. And I'm going to say, here's how you book a strategy session. Here's the link. I'd love to do this with you, you know, whatever that next step is. But I don't get to just show up in your inbox and say, hey, you should book me for a strategy session because I heard your podcast and you said this one thing and you really need help with this. You're going to be like, uh, I'm offended now. How dare you, Nikki? Right. So we want to make it so comfortable that we have to kind of go through this process and we want to make it super simple for the person so that when you get to the place where you're actually putting an offer in front of them, they're ready. They're ready to hear it. They're ready to receive it. And they've given you permission to put an offer in front of them. Yeah. I I had this thought when you were saying that about how there was this one time that I received a message in my inbox, exactly like we were describing where I had posted like a reel or Instagram, it's probably a reel. And someone had sent me a message and was like, Hey, if you're interested in like how to learning, how to apply your makeup better, I've got this really great. I was like, I didn't even know my makeup looked bad. Like, don't like, don't. Oh my gosh. And, like make me feel insecure and self-conscious. That's the thing. I wasn't even insecure and stuff like now, like I'm definitely not going to buy from you now. No, you know? like that's not helping you. But if, if that person had come to me and been like, oh my gosh, I really loved your reel. You did a great job. Um, you know, compliment me on something and then start a conversation. That's a little different. So let's kind of use that as an example. Like, let's say that, you know, I come across somebody who I feel like might be a great client of mine, mm-hmm. would be a good fit. Um, like, what could I say to them? I know you said they mentioned like the question kind of thing, like, yeah, like, how do you even go about doing that in a way that feels like it's feels natural, you know, and not forced? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm just going to kind of go through the, the first couple steps because this, this will make sense. So step one in the selling staircase is the introduction. And the idea behind the introduction is to make a powerful first impression. Hey, one of the great ways to make a powerful first impression, you just gave a great example, is give somebody an authentic compliment, right? Because if somebody said, hey, I watched your reel, this particular thing that you said really, really resonated with me. And I was just so happy to hear it from you. You're, you're going to already be like interested, right? Because they're saying something nice about you and it's specific. It's not like, hey girl, you look like you do a lot of good, you know, good job at stuff. And then you're be like, well, <laughs> that's so vague and there's nothing in there. Like, you know, anybody could say that to anybody and they'd be like, thanks. But if they actually complimented you on something specific, and then they could ask you a question that might create some curiosity. So for instance, they might say, um, would it be okay to ask you, like, what's the thing that you have found to be most impactful about your reels? 
And maybe I would follow up with a second question and say, and what's something that you wish that you, that you wish you knew how to do better or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if you came back at me and said, oh, well, I like this about doing reels. This has been really helpful. You know, the thing that I struggle with is like preparing to do them. That's always a challenge, like making sure that I'm camera ready. Right. Well, now that might open the door and I might say something back to you, which is step two, which is create some curiosity. And I might say, you know, if I was able to show you a way that in five minutes or less, you would always feel camera ready, would you be open to hearing more about that? Now you might go five minutes or less. Yes. <laughs> now, of course, only say something that's true. You don't want to yeah. create curiosity that makes then somebody go, that was a bait and switch, right? Like that didn't make sense. So only say something that's true. Um, and then that kind of opens the conversation because if you came back to me and said, yeah, I would be interested in hearing about that. Now you just gave me permission to move you to step three, which is the discovery. And in there, I'm probably going to ask you some more questions. I'm going to find out a little bit more about you if if you give me permission to. And frankly, I'm going to ask for it. So I might say, what do you think about us scheduling a time just to get on a quick call? Like, would you be open to that? 15 minutes. We could talk a little bit. I'd love to find out a little bit more about you and about your business. And, you know, is that something you're open to? And if you say yes, then we get on the call. I'm going to pre-frame the call for at the very beginning. I'm going to say something like, the purpose of the call today is to learn more about you and see if I can be a resource to you in some way. Now, before we kind of get into any of the specifics, is it okay if I ask you a couple of quick questions just to make sure this call is meaningful and productive for you? You're probably going to say yes to that, right? Yeah. So now I'm in the lead in that conversation. And now I can ask you some very specific questions because you've given me permission to do that. And then I'm going to ask you questions that lead to hiring me. So again, if I'm selling, you know, I don't know if I'm selling makeup or I'm a stylist. I, I'm not sure who I am yet in this conversation <laughs> with you, but I'm going, I'm going to say I'm a stylist for instance. Right. Okay. And so I might ask you something about like, um, you know, about how much time do you typically spend uh, getting yourself camera ready? Do you ever lament over what what colors are going to be the most flattering on on screen? And do you ever think about your makeup? Like what really highlights your eyes? What brings out your like, what's the right lip color? Like, is that ever important to you? So I'm going to ask you some leading questions, right? And you're probably hopefully, or not even hopefully, but you're probably going to say honest answers. You're going to give me some, you might say, oh no, I don't really worry about, like, I'm not somebody who really cares about makeup. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, I'm probably going to bless and release mm-hmm. you in that case, in that case, because you're probably not a right fit for, for what I do. But if you do say, oh, I sometimes struggle. I'm not sure, you know, should I be wearing, you know, black mascara or brown mascara? I don't know that much about makeup. <laughs> so I feel like I'm really in the weeds right now. Um, but based on your answer, and then I might say, you know, Again, I think I mentioned this in the DM, but I have a strategy that I teach clients on how to choose the right colors and also be able to apply their makeup in five minutes or less. Is that something you might be interested in knowing more about? You're probably going to say yes, because now I'm asking you permission again. So now I'm going to lay out like it's a course and in the course, here's what you get, or it's a private session with me. And this is what we do. You know, we do this, we do this, we do this. And then I'm going to follow up. So I just moved from step three to step four, which is proposal. And I'm going to follow up with step five, which is close. And I'm going to say, does that sound like something you'd like to do together? And now you get to make the choice. Yes, I'd like to hire you or no, or let me think about it. Whatever you're going to say. 
but I've moved us through all five steps through that conversation. And the whole thing is I never really sold until I get to step four. Like I wasn't selling. I wasn't asking you a question and then selling you and then asking you another question and then selling you. And this is again, one of the big mistakes that people make in that discovery process. Discovery step three should be really clean. It should be question and answer. Now, of course, you have the opportunity to ask me questions too, but I'm not going to sell to you until I strategically move us to step four because otherwise I'm probably going to overwhelm you. And if you get overwhelmed, you're probably going to go into indecision mode and you're not going to be ready to hire me. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Okay. That just like, I have so many thoughts. Um, (laughs) That was really, really good. Um, Okay. So I think like you mentioned one thing where you were like, okay, if I were to come back and say like, no, I don't even really wear makeup, then you like bless and release. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a second. And then I want to get into a couple of other things if they do say they're interested. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important for people to understand that like even if somebody gets on a call with you or he starts a conversation with you, they may not be a good fit. And as the business owner, you have the choice to say, I don't think this is a good fit or this is mm-hmm. not the right. So what does that look like? Cause I think a lot of people assume that if they're going into this, they're going to, they're going to kind of dig their heels in and be like, I want to work with you. I want you know, like, especially if they are of the mindset of like, I'm just trying to make as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't care if this is right for the client or not. So I want to take people away from that idea and more into like, this is a partnership we're coming into together where I'm going to help you and, and you need to be the right fit for me. So how do you go about even like kind of saying, I don't know that this is a right fit for you as a client? 
Yeah. So in that particular case, let's say I ask you some of these leading questions that lead you to either hire me or help you self-identify that uh, like I'm not the right person for you. And I'm also identifying at the same time, you're not the right person for me. So I might say, you know, based on what you've shared so far, I get a sense that maybe what I was thinking might be a good fit for you isn't. So at this point, I'm just going to thank you so much for having this conversation with me and wish you well. And if anything were ever changed in the future and I could be a resource to you, please know you're welcome to reach out. Yeah. So I'm just going to, I'm going to try to leave the conversation in the kindest way. In no way do I want you to walk away going like, oh, she obviously doesn't think I'm the right fit for her. Like, I want you to feel really good about the conversation. So I'm going to be kind, but I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say, I don't think, I don't think I'm the right fit for you, but thank you so much for your time. And sometimes I'll actually say to somebody that I get a sense, like, you know, this happens sometimes I get on calls with somebody and I get a sense that they are more interested in telling me how good they are at sales than being interested in learning how to be more strategic in their sales conversations, which is fine. Like good for them. I love confidence, Mm -hmm. but if you don't think I can help you, then there's no reason for me to work with you. Right. Like that's, so I might say, you know, at this point I get a sense that what I offer isn't a good fit for you. So I'm going to respectfully decline taking our conversation any further, but I'm just so happy to meet you. Thank you so much for this time. And I wish you well in everything you do in the future. And then I'm done. Yeah. And to me that like, I now have a different level of respect for you as a business owner. Cause I'm like, okay, well that's awesome. Like, I, I don't want you to, to push something onto me if you don't think it's a good fit for me or vice versa. So like, I think that is something, you know, that is, cause I've had that happen where I've gotten on calls with somebody and they've said, you know, like as far as me being the client and And they've said, you know, like, I just don't know that this is going to be the best fit for where you are in your business right now or what you're looking for. I don't know that Mm -hmm. we can, you know, get you to where you want to be, blah, blah, blah. And I always walk away from that being like, I'm so grateful that they did that because otherwise I might've spent money on something that really didn't benefit me. And I still hold those people in high regard because it's, yeah, I didn't leave that with a bad taste in my mouth is what I have to say. Like, it's just, I think that's a very respectable way to kind of exit the conversation and leave it on good terms. Yeah. And it also allows for you to really stand in your place of credibility and authority, right? Because if you're on this and you show up and, and the worst thing that can ever happen, I think all of us as business owners have probably experienced this at some point where we've taken on a client that turned out like there were red flags, but we decided to work with them anyway. And then it becomes this kind of nightmare experience for them and also for you. And the last thing you want to do is have people that go out into the marketplace, at least for me, I don't want anybody to go out in the marketplace and have somebody say, oh, I heard you hired Nikki at Sales Maven um, and did a strategy session with her. How was it? I don't want them to go, "Eh, it was okay. Right? Like I want the people who do strategy sessions with me out there going, it was amazing. I cannot believe what she did with me in 50 minutes. Like I have a whole plan outlined. We've redone my pricing and I'm I'm just raring to go. You know, like that's what I want. I want to create ambassadors. I want people to leave conversations or leave coaching sessions with me going, that was the best money I've ever invested in myself. And not because Nikki's so great, but because they're able to implement whatever it is that I share because they're ready. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's so smart. I love that. 
Okay. So I want to get into, you mentioned like step one, step two, but step three is I think where some people might get hung up because Mm -hmm. this now takes it from conversations in an email or a DM, which feel a little bit more safe because you're face-to-face and you have time to kind of think about your responses and think about how you want to say something and, you know, word and reword things. When you move into that point where you're actually getting on a call with somebody, whether it's on the phone, via Zoom, however you do it, that's where a lot of people I think get really nervous, Mm -hmm. um, especially if they're new to sales, because they, this is like, okay, now I feel like the pressure's on. I don't have the time to kind of think about how I want to say thing or or say things or reword things like I'm in the moment. So Mm -hmm. what advice do you have or tips do you have for getting confident in, in that phase of the sales process? The most important thing that you can do is your prep before the call starts. So I do recommend having a set list of questions that you ask that lead people down this path to hiring you. One of the big mistakes that people make is they're unprepared on the call. They don't have a set list of questions and or they start asking questions that they only need the answers to once the person hires them. And that gets you in the weeds, like big time gets you in the weeds because once you start asking questions that you really only need the answers to once somebody hires you, you depending on what you're offering, if you're a coach or any offering any kind of advice or expertise, when you do that, then you start coaching during that call. And that really is detrimental to the the process. Because if you coach during that call, a lot of times what will happen is like, you know, all the resources that you have available. And I often give this analogy of like, imagine that every resource that you can bring to a client is like behind you and behind you, all these resources sit. And it's like a big, beautiful beach. It's like the best sand you can ever have. And here's all these beautiful resources. Everything Kendra knows, everything she can bring to a conversation. And you start getting in the weeds in that discovery call and you start bringing through, like bringing out one of your resources because you know that beach behind you, it's packed full of resources. But that client, they don't know about the beach. They don't know what you know. So they think that resource that you just gave them, which to you might just be one grain of sand, they think that is the beach. And now they don't need to hire you (laughs) or you've overwhelmed them with something. So having a set list of questions ready to ask will keep you out of coaching during those discovery calls. Because if you're trying to prove to the person on the call how much you know and how much you can help them, you get into this mode of like, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna give you free advice. And if you start giving free advice, they won't value whatever it is that you have to offer them. So having a set list of questions. And if you don't know what those questions should be, then work with somebody who can help you figure out what your questions are. I mean, this is something I do with clients all the time is we rework their questions. We phrase them in a way that leads that path down to hiring and or self-identifying for the person on the call. Like, oh, Nikki's not the right fit for me because she's not asking me questions about the things that I'm struggling with. Because I don't ask questions about like, how's your marketing? Because I don't teach marketing, right? (laughs) Yeah. But I might ask them once they hire me, what are you doing for marketing? Like that might be a discussion that we might have. So make sure you have a set list of questions. And then the other thing is you you have to pre-frame the start of your call. 
So a preframe, I think I gave an example of it at the beginning, but here it is just one more time, as I might say, the the purpose of our call today is to find out a little bit more about you and see if there's an opportunity where I can be a resource to you. We're scheduled to chat for about 15 minutes. Does that still work? So I'm going to check in and make sure that still works for you. And then I'm going to say, now, to make the call meaningful and productive for you, is it okay if I start with a couple quick questions? Because that's me now. If they, if they say yes, then I get to lead because now I'm going to ask questions. Because the person who's asking questions in the conversation holds the power, which you want to be careful with that. You got to balance it. You have to give the client opportunity or the prospect opportunity to ask questions too. So there's a balance of power. You don't want them to feel like, I feel like I'm on the witness stand answering all these <laughs> questions and I feel overwhelmed. And you have to ask permission to ask questions because if you don't and you just jump into the questions, oftentimes people will start to feel a little defensive or uncomfortable. So by pre-framing, you create safety in the conversation because now they know what's going to happen. They're ready. So you've got to pre-frame that call. Well, I think that helps too, because I know I've been in situations where I will get on a call with a company that I'm, you know, needing information from or, or have, you know, have trying to decide if that's a good fit. Mm-hmm. And they start off with, you know, well, what questions do you have for me? And I'm, I'm kind of like, well, I don't even know what to ask yet because I yeah. don't know anything about what this is. Like, like I need a little bit of, like you said, like a framework, like some context here. So I think if you start with, as the person kind of in charge here, like saying like, I'm going to kind of guide this, but you're going to have time to ask me questions. I think that's really helpful too, because otherwise it's just, if you open up and you're like, ask me whatever you want to ask me. And they're like, uh, I don't know. And then you could totally, like you said, end up down a path. You don't even want to go down because you're not, you're no longer guiding the conversation. Or that's a great example that you just gave. Or the other thing that will happen is, you might say, you know, well, what would you like to talk about today? And the person says, well, I want to, you know, I need help with marketing. But when I was five, this thing happened. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm into story now. And story is interesting as it is. I love story so much. I teach storytelling for, you know, for business. But when, when the prospect is in this place of wanting to tell you a bunch of story, story is a time suck. Like it will eat up all the time that you have scheduled for that call and the time that they have scheduled for the call. Then you have five minutes at the end and now you're trying to rush through, ask some questions and then maybe move to the proposal part and you've run out of time. What are you going to do now? Do you have to schedule a new call or do they go, oh, well, I don't think Nikki can help me because she never really talked about how to work with her. Well, that was my mistake because I let you get in. I let you get us into the weeds because now you're in this story mode. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. So that leads me to kind of um, my wrap up question. Cause I know we have, okay. I want to respect your time. And I know that we have, I could, we could go really deep into this and I, we could be here forever, <laughs> but so what are, you kind of touched on a few of these, but what are some of the mistakes that you see people making kind of in general when it comes to sales mm-hmm. and maybe like getting into the whole idea of the sales process the correct way? What are some mistakes you see? Well, not asking permission before you start selling to somebody or have have some implied permission, right? And you just go out and you're, you know, like I'm not a fan of shotgun approach to sales. Like, oh, I'm going to send, you know, a hundred DMs out to just random people and see what sticks. Like, I think that's a huge waste of time 
Um, I think you need to be more strategic in your approach. And I think you'll have better results. And because you have better results, it won't get into your mindset and make you think nobody wants to buy from me. Um, I think the other thing is that a lot of times people forget to actually issue the invitation for somebody to hire them. And they they do this thing where they're like, well, here's how we could work together. I'll send you some information and then you let me know. It, no, there should never be a like, you let me know unless you don't want to earn that person's business because you have to keep the ball rolling. That means you have to schedule your next time to meet or to have a further conversation if they're if they haven't made a decision yet. So none of this like, let me know. And then, I mean, I can go on and on about this, but I'll give you one more is when somebody asks you your pricing, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they say, it depends. Mm. Now you might be thinking, like, but Nikki, it does depend. I know. But when somebody asks you a really direct question like that, if you don't give a direct answer back, oftentimes it it will break um, some rapport and it can diminish your credibility. So when somebody asks you about pricing, you give a range if if it truly does depend. So, you know, if somebody says like, Nikki, what does it cost to do a strategy session with you? I have a very specific answer for that. But if they say, what does it cost to work with you? I might say, well, it can range anywhere from $147 a month up to a $10,000 package. Would it be okay if I ask you a couple quick questions and see what would be the right, right fit for you? So give like give an answer, but follow up with an invitation to like find out more about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can keep going, but you tell me. <laughs> No, I think that's great. It actually led me to another question I just thought of okay. because when we're doing the idea of like the kind of that um, discovery phase and asking the questions, if someone is new to their business and they're like, I, you know, this all sounds great, but I don't even really know like what questions to ask. Do you have, cause you just, you know, like, do you have kind of, um, I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but some like ways that they can figure out like what are some of the questions they should be asking or or what are some of the questions they can expect to get because maybe they didn't think about that question of like someone mm-hmm. asking well how much does this cost and having an answer ready i guess that's my yeah does that make i kind of ran yeah. there but like it was no. in my head it was all jumbled <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if I have a response. So you tell me if I'm if I'm hitting the mark. And if not, please like ask me a more okay. like specific question <laughs> that will help. But um so one is if you're not quite sure yet, what are the questions? Think about what do you most want to do with the clients that you work with and how can you form a question around that? So for instance, you know, one of the things that I teach probably more than anything is how to create curiosity. So guess what question I ask? in my discovery calls. Do you know how to create curiosity when you're talking about your business? Because nine out of 10 people go, no. no. <laughs> well, that's that's something I can actually help people with. That's something I can teach people how to do really simply. So uh, that's a question that I'm going to ask. So don't ask questions like, like I never ask people about like, how big is your email list? I'm going to ask that once we start working together, but that's not relevant to me earning their business. Right? So what do you most want to do with your clients and how can you form a question around that? And then you should think about what are the potential questions that people can ask me now without going down a rabbit hole. Because <laughs> um, this is one of the other kind of mistakes that I see is somebody gets like a call scheduled with a prospective client and they start doing like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, I could sell them this thing and I could do this other thing for them. And I see they have this 
you know, they, they're best friends with so-and-so and I could work with that, that person too. And they do all this prep and then they get on the call and they like word vomit all over the person. And they're like, I just wanted to know what your free offer was. And then yeah. you've wasted hours do, like prepping. So think about, you know, you do actually, I mean, yes, you want to prep, but if you're spending more than half an hour prepping for a prospective client call, you're probably making a mistake. You're doing too much research and you're making too many assumptions. You don't have the answers to those. So stop making assumptions about what they want to know. Let them ask you. And if you don't have an answer in that moment, say, you know, that's a really good question. I'd like to take some time to think about it. Can I get back to you on that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that that's one of the things that like people get flustered about. Mm -hmm. They get into these calls, especially when they're new to doing them and a client or a potential client will ask a question that they don't have the answer to. And they immediately like kind of go into panic mode and then they mm -hmm. feel like that they've ruined the whole thing. You know, I've, I've had, <clears throat> I've seen people come to me and say like, Oh, well, I, there's no way this client's going to work with me. Cause during the call, they asked this question. I totally messed it up. And so I didn't know like how much you can actually prep for that because you don't know what questions they're going to ask. But I mean, I assume eventually once you've done enough of these, you get the same kind of questions. Yeah, you will. Yeah. You want to continue to hone and refine as you get more comfortable. And frankly, if, if there's a part of you that's like, oh, dang it, I totally messed that all up. You know, here's, here's an assignment that I give to my clients all the time as I say, okay, Here's what I want you to do at the end of those calls. I want you to come up with three things that you're really happy with about your performance. It could be a question that you asked, or it could be the way they asked you a question, the way you handled it. I want you to come up with three things you're really happy with. That's the first part of the assignment. And then I want you to come up to with one thing, only one that you'll do differently next time. So I'm not saying one thing you did wrong. No, it's one thing you'll do differently next time because you're preparing for the next call. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's a great, great way to look at it. Yeah, I love it. And just as a peace of mind for people, I, this is a job interview I had one time, but I literally was in a job interview for like my dream teaching job. They asked me a question about something on my resume that I don't remember even putting on my resume, had no clue how to answer the question walked out of there thinking I had done a terrible job, still got hired. So just, <laughs> just know that even if you get flustered during a sales call and you feel like you've blown it, you never know. They might actually, you know, have thought that was really endearing. So yeah, most people will give you grace, you yeah. know, like we all know, like sometimes people get flustered and just do something to get yourself back on track as much as you can. Yeah. Like I remember having a job interview one time and I was really sick. I had a terrible, terrible head cold. I was so congested and so like flustered. They kept asking me questions on a scale of one to 10. What would you say your level of competency is about blah, blah, blah. And I kept saying one instead of 10 <laughs> because I kept mixing it up. I, I did not get that job. I will say. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the only thing I would do. That's hilarious. <laughs> Well, Nikki, this has been awesome. This conversation has been so helpful. Um, I mean, I've got tons of notes. I know anybody listening is probably jotting down notes as fast as they can too. So tell everybody where they can get more information from you. I know you have a, a resource for people to download. Um, and if anybody wants to get in touch with you or learn more about how they can work with you, what can they do? 
Well, I'm going to wrap every all that answer around a gift for your audience. So I have an ebook called Closing the Sale, and it kind of talks through those last three steps and gives some language suggestions and some ideas around how to boost your confidence in when you're closing. So you can get that by going to my website and using this specific link. It's your salesmaven, M-A-V-E-N.com forward slash G-M-B. Okay. And then the other way that we can stay connected, so you will be connected once you download that because then you'll have my email and you can email me. I'd love to hear from you. But I also have my own podcast, which is called Sales Maven. And that's another way for listeners of podcasts. If you like a podcast, come check out mine. Yeah, that's awesome. And I will have all those links down in the show notes. People can easily grab those and go check it all out. So Nikki, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your expertise, um, for just being so willing to, to give us all of your insights. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, have a great day and we'll chat again soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside of the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business. And send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories tagging at Girl Means Business, and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place.